I'm telling you, this is a great day, a great time to be a child of God and know that Emmanuel, God is with us. So dear brothers and sisters, if you're discouraged today, if you are fearful today, if you're hurting today, there's no need to be. We still have God with us. God is always with us. Well, I hope you have your Bibles this morning. I want to encourage you to turn, uh, if you will, to Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. We're going through a series of messages entitled, Living with Biblical Clarity. I cannot think of a, of a greater time to be living with biblical clarity than right now, the day in which we're living in. We have made our way over to Acts chapter number 4. And being in Acts chapter 4, we see the follow-up to a miracle that was happened. A miracle that has happened. You see that there was a man who was crippled from birth. And we find that God, through his great power and his great love, he touched him through the apostles Peter and John, and the man got healed. And I'm telling you what, when God does a work in somebody's life, and when, when somebody gets a touch of God, and things begin to happen, I promise you there's going to be some difficulties that come. There are going to be individuals that's not going to like it. And I'm going to be honest with you, in reading this text, we see the individuals that didn't like it were the scribes and the Pharisees. Those religious individuals of that day were totally upset that God had done a miracle in this man's life and they're about to start this issue of persecution in the lives of the believers. But I've got good news for you. Anytime you see persecution, anytime you see difficulties come in our land, you always see the church rise up to the occasion and you see God do great things. That's why I say during this difficult season that we're in, I'm telling you, God wants to do something great. And he's going to do something great. Uh, our responsibility is have hope in hands and said, Lord, here am I. Send me. Use me. Whatever the case might be in regards to using uh, myself as a born-again child of God to help meet the needs of my community, to help meet the needs in my uh, corporation, where I work, wherever the case may be, God wants to use you during this difficult time. So don't be discouraged. Be encouraged knowing that Emmanuel, God is with us and that he's got great plans and great things in store just for you. Well, now that you found your place in the book of Acts, we're going to pick up in verse number one of chapter number four. Uh, there are 37 verses here in this text. I'm only going to read the first four by way of introduction and then uh, we'll go through this text together. Verse number one says this, and as they spake unto the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even time. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. Boy, isn't it amazing that here are these born-again children of God experiencing this great difficulty in their life. I mean, they're arrested and thrown in jail, and 5,000 people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. I'm telling you, this difficult season that we're living in in the United States of America can bring us to a place where we can have victory in our biblical lives. There is victory over difficulty. In fact, if I had to give a title to this morning's message, it'd be just that. Victory over difficulty. 
Victory over difficulty. How can you have victory over this difficulty that we're living in right now as an American Christian, and here we are with this great pandemic all around the world, can we get victory out of this? Absolutely, brothers and sisters. We absolutely can. But I'm telling you, the only way that we're going to have victory is we got, that victory is going to come through Jesus. He's going to be the one that is used in us and through us to bring about the victory. So let me show you three things about this text in getting victory over difficulty. Number one, the first thing I want you to notice here in the text in verses 1 through 4 is that frustration reveals fruit. Frustration reveals fruit. Anytime you live for Jesus Christ, you're going to have the world around you be extremely frustrated at you. I was speaking a, a Wednesday night. We were downstairs eating, having fellowship, getting uh, ready to have Bible study. And I, at the table I was sitting at, we were talking about this very thing. We were talking about how frustrating it is just living our lives, talking about Jesus... And, uh, and, and not being able to do so in, in our culture, in our world today, in our jobs, in our positions, in where we work and things. And, and, and the, 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 the uh, one individual said, it is very frustrating to, be able to, to not be able to talk about Jesus in the context in which I'm working. And they just simply said this, I, I can't help but do it. This is a part of my life. This is who I am. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, when that frustration comes at you, it is going to reveal out of you some type of fruit. It'll either be good fruit or it'll be bad fruit. I want you to notice how this thing developed here. Watch this. It's right where we're living. The first thing I want you to see in this arena of frustration that reveals fruit is I want you to see the anger. Did you see it in verse 1 and 2? The Bible says that as they, talking about the apostles, spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, they all came upon Peter and John. And the Bible says, here it is, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. We see the anger in these religious individuals. Now, if you have your pen, pencil, lipstick, or mascara, let me ask you to get it out. I want you to underline the word grieved. Why? Because well, that word grieve there means to be worked up over something. What were these religious leaders worked up over? Remember, these are the Sadducees. These are the religious people. Why were the Sadducees sad? They did not believe in what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what were they mad about here? What were they worked up about? Well, the Bible says right there. Look at verse 2. The Bible says they were worked up over the fact that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Brothers and sisters, what separates us from every other religion in the world? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's alive today. In fact, we are quickly approaching Resurrection Sunday, which sets us apart from any other religion in the world. Jesus is alive. And because he's alive, you can have victory over the trials and temptations and difficulties that you're living in today. We find the anger. The anger. They were upset over the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Number two. The second thing I want you to notice is not only the anger, but the arrest. Look at verse number three. The Bible says, And they laid hands on them to put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even tied. Now here's what I want to say about this. In that arrest, they physically took Peter and John and they put them in prison. You see that there? All right. Now watch this. 
You may not physically be arrested by that individual that's frustrated with you. They may not physically arrest you and physically put you in jail. But I'm telling you, if you don't find your hope and rest assurance in Jesus Christ, bless God, they will mentally put you in the prison and you'll be in there. But I want you to notice this. That prison they may put you in until you come to your senses. It's only temporary. Because when you come to your senses, you are living for Jesus. And so whatever the course of this world may take, whatever's happening in our culture today, whatever's happening in our world today, whatever pandemic might come our way, our victory, our health is in Jesus Christ. And don't let anybody put you in the prison of your own making. Bless God, you've got the key and you can get out anytime. So we, we see the arrest. Number three, watch this. Look at the aftermath. What's the aftermath? Well, the aftermath is very simple. Look at verse number four. The Bible says there in verse number four, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. 5,000 people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord because Peter and John, the apostles, they were preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, that is the difference maker. Jesus Christ brings life. And regardless of what may come our way, even if we're physically in the prison of our own home, so to speak, in regards to this pandemic and this social distancing, you still have influence. I mean, do you realize right now, today, we've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 650 people watching us all around the world, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That number is fluctuating. It's going up and down. You're on a few seconds behind. Say, well, well, how many seconds behind are we? Well, I'm looking at the clock right now, and it's 1032. So look at your clock right now, and you'll see what kind of time difference we're on uh, right here uh, at the church as it's getting to you. And it's going all around the world, all around the world. And the aftermath, I'm hoping for, when we're all said and done, is somebody would give their heart to Jesus Christ. We find frustration can reveal fruit. Number two, let me show you a second thing here. The second thing I want you to notice here in the text is found in verses 5 through 22. In verses 5 through 22, I want you to see that testing revealed a testimony. Testing revealed a testimony. When you look at this narrative and you see in verse number 5 all the way down to verse number 2, you see an extreme testing come upon these uh, apostles. This, this interrogation, if you would, as Peter and John are questioned by the high priest. Uh, brothers and sisters, I don't know what kind of trial that you might be going through. I know what we're going through together as a nation. I mean, we all want to be here. I want everybody here at the church. But now here I am with you at home. And some of you are going, I kind of like this. I'm in my pajamas. I got my legs kicked up on my lazy boy. I got my cup of coffee right This is pretty good. I'm enjoying this a little bit. L look. I know we've been praying for one service, but this ain't the way I wanted to get there, all right? All right, the bottom line is this. I'm grateful that you're uh, having this convenience and being able to, to sit back and relax and that you're with your family. But let's say for the church, this is an extreme testing we're going through. This is a, this is a, a trial, if you would. And these apostles went through this same uh, testing or a, a similar trial, if you will. And he tells us that they did in verses 5 through 22. Let me map it out if I could. Number one, the first thing I want you to see here is the concern. Verses 5 through 12, we see the concern. 
So the religious people come around, and they're going to issue, here's their concern. Let's look at verse number 5. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Ananias the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and as as many were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. Now let me just remind you, these are some of the individuals that were present when, when Jesus was nailed to the cross. I mean, you, you realize that here, here are some individuals that had the power to just look at Peter and John and say, put them on the cross too. And you don't see any fear amongst them. You, you don't see any trepidation amongst them. Why? Well, because the Holy Spirit of God came. Remember Acts chapter 1 verse 8? And they got power from up on high. And so this holy boldness that they have within them is coming from the Holy Spirit of God. And so their circumstance is not dictating their joy. And that's what I want to share with you. Don't let this current circumstance dictate your joy. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And if you're letting our current situation dictate your joy, I want to challenge you. Look at your salvation. See if the Lord is the Lord of your life, if Jesus is the Lord of your life. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that here in just a little while. But in the case by which we're studying here in the Word of God as we're going through this, uh, this wonderful book together, we see, first of all, the concern in verses 5 through 12. And what's the concern? Look at what the Scripture says, verse 7. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? So there's the concern. They want to know by what power or what name did you do this? Did you heal this man? Because there's revival happening at the front steps of Solomon Port, Solomon's porch at the temple. This man has been a, a crippled man since he was born. And he's never learned to walk. He's never walked his whole life. And you told that dude to get up. And now he's wreaking havoc among the people. He's praising God. Bless God, I'm here to tell you when Jesus shows up and he heals you from your sin, you get victory and you can't shut up. Hey, if children aren't in the worship service, can I say that? Can I, or if, they're, if they're sitting in the living room, I don't need to say shut up. Okay, I got you. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So the concern. The concern. By what power or by whose name? Did you do this? We see the concern. What, what is the results of that? We see the power. The power is seen there in verses 8, 9, and 10. It's the power of Jesus. Look at what the Bible says in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and the elders of Israel, if we this day be examined, or, 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 uh, be examined of the good deed we done to the impotent man, by what means he was made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised up from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. Where did this power come from? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. We see the power. Number two, the second thing we see is the prophecy. Verse number 11, uh, we find here that uh, as Peter is speaking up, he's going to say, look, I'm going to tell you what, this power is in the name of Jesus, but don't take my word for it. He said, look back in the Psalms. Psalms, he's referring to Psalms chapter uh, 118. And he's talking about a prophecy that David made in verse number, uh, in verse number 11. So Psalms 118.22 is one of the prophecies of David. Look at what he says in verse 11. 
This is the stone which was set at Nob the builders, which has become the head of the corner. He says, look, David even talked about how Jesus was going to be the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. That's the power on which our power rests. And then we see not only that, we see uh, the pardon, verse number 12. You see what uh, Peter's doing. He's starting at the name of Jesus, talking about how it was prophesied. And then he comes down to the pardon. Look at what he says in verse number 12. He says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You see what Peter and John's doing? They're trying to get these religious individuals to see. You cannot go to heaven on religion. Jesus fulfilled the prophecy. He is the Messiah. You crucified him. He was buried. And on the third day, you rose, he rose again. And through that resurrection, gave to us the Holy Spirit not many days ago. And as he's given us the Holy Spirit, Peter says, that is the power on which we speak, the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of Jesus. We see the concern. Number two, the second thing I want you to see is the council. Well, just like any religious organization, they got upset about this. I, I tell you, it blows my mind. Here's these individuals, this man who was lame from birth, he, I mean, he is made whole. There is a miracle that has happened in his life, and they get mad about it. Look at what the Bible says here in verse number 13. He goes on to say, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they are ignorant and unlearned men, they marveled. Well, aren't you glad God wants to use ignorant and unlearned men? You know what? I get in trouble all the time. People say, Shane, you butcher the English language. I know that. I know that. I, I understand that. Miss Willadine McMurray, my English teacher, brought me alongside. She did the best she could, bless her heart. She tried everything that she can. She tried to tell, tell me to say, say, say saw, uh, I saw it when, when, and don't say seen it. I'm just going to be honest with you. I say seen. But I would rather hear a preacher say he's seen something when he really saw it than to say that he saw something and didn't see anything at all. Hey. I, I know, I butcher. God can use ignorant and unlearned men. And he goes on to say here in the text, he says there, they saw this boldness as these ignorant and unlearned men had, and they marveled. They could not believe, and they took knowledge of the fact in verse 13 that they had been with Jesus. I'm going to be honest with you. If, you. if you're walking with Jesus Christ, people are going to know it. Hey. They're going to know it. They're going to know whether or not you've been with Jesus. Uh, I love the fact that when you're out and about in town and people stop and they say, Hey, are you, you, you're a preacher. Are you a preacher? And I, I don't wear that name tag, and I don't, have the, I don't have a shirt that says Maysville Baptist Church. I mean, I've got one, but oftentimes I'm not wearing it. I'm just going for a visit or whatever the case may be. Say, so are you a preacher? Well, what, what, what's, that, what's the giveaway? Is it, is it the hair? I don't understand. What is it? No, no, I just can tell. You know, people can tell what's inside of you. They can tell when you're happy. They can tell when you're sad. They can tell when you're scared. They can tell when you've been with Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters, when's the last time you spent some time with Jesus? He tells us here in the Word of God, we find uh, that in this uh, uh, council, he tells us there, they're, they're talking about, if you would, conferring among themselves. They're thinking about the council here. Notice what he goes on to say. 
He says there, uh, as we continue, he says there that they notice this boldness in verse number 14. Uh, that, uh, and, and beholding the men which was healed standing there with him, they could say nothing. They couldn't say anything. But when they had uh, uh, commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? Now let me stop right there. Here's the council. We get the picture. Uh, we have Peter and John, and they said, We have done this by the power and in the, in the name of Jesus Christ. The religious leaders on a test. They're testing them. They come together and say, you, you guys go outside on the front porch just a minute. And all the religious leaders gather together. And as they gather together, we see three things that happen. Number one, the first thing we see is we see the discussion. In verse 13, 14, and 15, they have this big discussion. There's a discussion about what they're going to do with Peter and John. Why? Well, remember that the situation here is just simply this. Jesus is the Messiah. People are, are following Jesus. And if they're following Jesus, they're rejecting religion. And if they're rejecting religion, the religious people of the day that had the power are losing control. And as they're losing control, people are not trusting in priests. They're trusting in the Prince of Peace. And they're following after Jesus Christ. So they're discussing this. In verse 16, you see the dilemma. Look at what he says in verse 16. What shall we do to these men? And notice what they said. For that indeed a noble miracle hath been done by them is manifested to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. There lies the dilemma. Here's this man that was crippled from birth. He is now made whole. The people of, of everybody in the city has saw this. They all are hearing it. It is news abroad. And we cannot deny it. You know what's amazing to me? What's amazing to me is how many people deny the existence of God when creation cries out that He exists. He's real. What's amazing to me is that many individuals will deny God's call upon their life when the evidence is real before them. What's amazing to me is that God is so real and has demonstrated and given to you and I this great gospel and has told us that we can have power. And that power comes from the Holy Spirit and this holy boldness to share the gospel and live out our faith. But yet oftentimes we deny it. Even as the evidence is right before our eyes. We find here the dilemma. And then I want you to notice the decision. Verse 17 is the decision that is made. Notice the decision in verse 17. He says, But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them. He said, let's threaten them. Let, let's just, we can't deny that this man got healed. We can't do anything about that. Let's just threaten them and tell them, don't do this ever again. Never speak the name of, the, of Jesus anymore. This is the counsel. So we find here that testing is going to reveal a testimony. So now you see what's happening? The concern. By what power, what name? The counsel. They're confirming among themselves. And then here's the third thing. Watch this. The command. In verses 18 through 22, you see the command. Watch the command. Look at what he says there in verse number 18. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name 
of Jesus. Remember the primary principle here. The primary principle is testing will reveal a testimony. So here's the test that the apostles are under. They're under this extreme test. And it's going to reveal a testimony. And what is the testimony that's going to transpire? Well, first of all, I want you to look at the threat. Don't miss the threat. You see what he said in verse 18? Notice it again. Notice the words that they use. And they called them and commanded them. Here's an imperative. Never, ever, ever do this ever again. Do not speak at all. You see, I'd underline that word all. Why? You know what all means? All means all. That, that's all all means every time. He says, do not speak about Jesus at all. Nor do I want you to teach in his name. That's what they said. There's the threat. They threaten the Christians with this threat. Don't ever do it. But then I want you to notice not only the threat, I want you to notice the testimony. In verses 19 through 22, here is the testimony that was produced by this test. Look at what the scripture says. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you be the judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old of whom this miracle of healing was showed. Brothers and sisters, did you see the testimony that came out from this testing? These apostles simply said this. You judge us however you want to judge us, but here's the one thing. We cannot help but testify to the things which we have seen and heard. You know, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Boy, he's a good God. The Bible says in Nahum chapter 1 verse 7, he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows them that trust in him. Dear friend, Jesus Christ knows you today. If you trust in him, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And because it is written in the Lamb's book of life, you can rest assured that whatever testing comes your way, whatever trial, whatever difficulty, whatever persecution, whatever comes your way, Jesus believes you can take it. You can handle it. You can get through it. Why? Because your dependence is upon him. So regardless of what might happen in this world, regardless of what might happen, I knew who my Lord and Savior is. My Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. And whatever testing is pushed upon me in 2020, in days to come, in weeks to come, my responsibility is to talk about the things I have seen and heard. What have I seen and heard? I have seen God do awesome things in the lives of individuals. I've seen healing take place. I've seen individuals that have cancer in their eye and God take that away. I've seen individuals be on their deathbed and God raise them back up. I'm here to tell you the greatest miracle on this planet that I've ever seen is for God to take an old sinner and that sinner realize that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. 
and realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man will come to the Father but by Jesus. And to watch that sinner receive Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. And watch the joy come upon that individual as a born-again child of God. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you the testing that you're going through today will reveal a testimony. Look at your life, dear friend. Look at your life, Christian. Look back over the course of this week. What was the testimony of your life? When the news came out that uh, we're in this medical state of emergency in the state of Georgia, were you fearful? Did you get scared? Are you scared today? Know in whom our hope is lying. Know in whom our hope rests. Our hope rests upon Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, the life. And whatever testing we're experiencing today, dear brother, let it yield back a testimony for His glory, honor, and praise. And then watch this. We're talking about living with biblical clarity. Frustration reveals fruits. Okay? Number two, testing will reveal a testimony. And then here's the third thing I want to give you. And I hope you'll be encouraged through this week with this. And I hope you'll go back and read this story again and again and again. Meditate upon it and see it. See how God used these men to impact their world during a very difficult season in their life. Number three, here's the third one. Commitment revealed courage. Commitment revealed courage. This is found in verses 23 all the way down to verse number 37. In this text, we see that the commitment that the apostles had revealed courage in their life. They had a tremendous boldness. I want you to notice here, as you look at this, uh, this point, verses 23 through 37, I want you to notice what happened now. They let them go. So we can't argue with the fact that this man who's 40 years old, over 40, he, he's healed. We've got to let him go. And so as they let him go, he's praising God. They let the apostles leave. And look at what the Bible says in verse 23. What's the first thing they did? Look at the scriptures. The Bible says, in being let go... They went to their own company and reported that all the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. So their own company is they went to church. They went and talked to one another. They talked to their brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Let me say this, if I could, by by point of application here. We need to talk to each other. Many of you have been sending me emails. Say, pray for me, pray for me. Look, uh, Uh, Ernest, I know you're watching today. Ernest Decker watching today. I love you. I'm praying for you, brother. Praying for you. And I've had several others come through. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. Praying for your situations. Praying for your challenges. we got to talk to each other. You're asking me to pray, and I'm praying. The Bible says this, verse 24. And when they heard that, They lifted their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David had said, 
Why does the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The king of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to, for to do whatsoever thy hand, thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Do you see what they did? They started praying. Hey. Commitment reveals courage. They not only started praying, they started calling people by name. And they're asking God to do something great and something mighty and God to do something awesome. I'm telling you, when we get more committed to Jesus Christ, we get more courageous in a lost and dying world. And so the first thing we see them doing is supplication. They, they start praying. That's number one, verses 23 through 30. Supplication. They start praying. Number two, the second thing, well, let me show you this real quick, if I could. I know I'm running out of time. But you see that their supplication revolved around two things. Number one, God's sovereignty. That's verse 23 through 30. They talked about God's sovereign. God, you allowed this to happen. God allowed for this pandemic to erupt. He allowed for us to be in this situation. God allowed for it to happen. God is not done with us yet. God's sovereignty. But watch this, number two. He, in verses 29 and 30, he talks about God's strength. God, you give us boldness to speak thy word. We need to be speaking the word of God this week. Whether we're telecommuting, whether, whatever we're doing, whether we run out and try to find some toilet paper. Hey, that might be something you might need to do for your neighbor is take them some TP. They might, they might need that. Uh, that would be, might be a blessing to them. So in regards to that, you see God's sovereignty, God's strength. They started praying. What can you do right now? What can you do now? This week, pray. Pray. Just as we've been asked to do by our president, just like we've been asked to do by our governor, we pray for our nation and for our state and for our world. We see supplication. Number two, the second thing I want you to see is demonstration. Demonstration. Look at what the Bible says in verse number 32. The Bible says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed, possessed was his, his own, but they had all things in common. Again, let me stress this. This is not socialism. This is not communism. This is ministry. This is ministry. So the opportunity that was laid out in front of the people of God was ministry opportunities. Dear friend, you might have some ministry opportunities over the course of this week. So let me encourage you, take advantage of those ministry opportunities. Pray for God's boldness and then take advantage of the demonstration that we have in regards to the ministry that we participate in. So there's supplication, number one. Number two, there's this demonstration. Number three, here's the third one, verse number 32 and 33. There's cooperation. They're cooperating together. Do you see it again in verse 32 and 33? The Bible says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. We need to be exercising grace today, dear brothers and sisters. 
Um, Dave and I were talking, and I saw it, you may have saw it on Facebook, where uh, uh, Walmart in Alabama, somebody got on the keyboards and they started playing the keyboards and all of a sudden they started singing uh, praises to God. That's, that's what we need to be doing, brothers and sisters. We need to be praising God. Now, I'm not saying go to Walmart and find a piano and start playing. I mean, that's, I mean well, if God tells you to do it, you better do it. But I'm not telling you to do it. But what I am saying is this. If you go to the grocery store and the shelves are empty, think about your neighbor. If there's only one, think about your neighbor. Think about the situation that we're in. And how you might be able to give somebody a cup of cold water. I saw one video, and man, I tell you, you know, the internet can be a blessing and a curse, especially that, that Facebook. Two individuals fighting over a roll of toilet paper. May it never be said of us Christians. Let's let God make provision. We have a church body, that, a family. We're a family together. Let's cooperate together. Let God, during this time of testing, reveal our testimony. And as he does so, may we see it be a one of supplication. We've been praying. Number two, demonstration. God's power is moving. Number three, cooperation. We work and depend together upon one another. And then here's the last one, verse 36 and 37, exemplification. Look at what the scripture says in verse 36 and 37. And uh, Hosus the one apostle whose surname was Barnabas, which means the son of consolation, a Levite, and a countryman of Cyprus, having land, sold it and, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Here we see an exemplification. Here's an example, he says. Here's an example of somebody that did ministry. He provided an opportunity to help somebody else receive the truth. Brothers and sisters, this world is looking at us right now. And as this world is looking at us, there is no, no doubt we're living in a very difficult season. But remember who our great God is. You remember when Jesus was in the boat and the storm came and the disciples were in the boat and the waves and all were just crashing around and it was just a mess. And the Bible says they were extremely fearful. They were scared to death. They thought they were going to die. They literally thought they were going to die. And someone said, somebody, go get Jesus. So they ran down and, and they got Jesus. And Do you remember Jesus' attitude when they woke him up? Oh, ye of little faith. How long am I going to be with you? He was asleep in the midst of a raging storm. He was asleep. And yet he got up and he walked out. And remember when he got up on the bow and he said, Peace, be still. Only Jesus can bring peace in the midst of chaos. There are some of you that are watching here all around the world today, and you are in the midst of chaos. You're fearful. You're scared. You don't know what to do. You're terrified. I've got good news for you today. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can bring peace to your life. The Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friend, you can be saved today by trusting that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He is the Messiah. 
And as he is the Messiah, he uh, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on Calvary's cross, but on the third day rose again, victorious over death, hell, and the grave, so that we might have the victory to know that regardless of what happens in our world, our ultimate home is in heaven. And we can live in a season of turmoil, a season of difficulty, and still walk in victory. But in order to do so, friend, you need to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Right now, as you're watching, wherever it may be, maybe you're driving down the road and listening, maybe you're sitting at the living room, wherever you're at, if you've never prayed to receive Christ as Savior, that's the first step. So right where you're sitting today, dear friend, I'm going to ask you, would you pray? Would you pray and ask God to save you? Would you say something like this to the Lord? Would you say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Savior. This morning, I ask you to come into my heart and my life. Forgive me of my sin. Save my soul. I believe that you are the Messiah. And this morning I repent of my sin. And I trust you as my Savior. Would you do that today, dear friend? Would you pray and ask God to save you? The thief on the cross did it this way. Today. Will you remember me in paradise? He believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. He said, I believe. Do you believe? Would you repent? Would you trust Christ as your Savior? For those others that are among us today, there are those that you've got people that are frustrated with you. Listen, that's going to reveal some fruit. Let it be good fruit. For others, you're going through extreme testing. This whole nation's being tested right now. It's going to yield a testimony. For our church, let's let that testimony be our God reigns. Here's the thing. If we have to do this again next week, if we've got 650 watching this week, let's try to get another 650 next week let's get on the phone let's get on the Facebook let's get on the internet let's share God is moving revivals breaking out in our homes God is doing something great and let's watch God do something he's, he's never done before in this generation and that there be a spiritual awakening where souls are saved and lives are changed would you help me pray about that this testing is going to reveal a testimony. And then number three, our commitment is going to reveal our courage. Be of good cheer, people. Emmanuel is with us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity I've got to spend with my church. It has been good to be in the house of the Lord. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we continue to go out through the course of this week, 
I pray for wisdom. I pray for healing. I pray for understanding. I ask in the name of Jesus you'd give us courage as we commit ourselves to you. And as we go through this testing, may our testimony that comes out of this be one that glorifies the name of Jesus. May people say, we cannot help. We cannot help but see. We know. We see. We cannot deny God's doing something there at Maysville Baptist Church in the midst of this testing. Then, Lord, I pray that if there's anybody frustrated at us during this season, would we use that to produce good fruit for your glory, for your honor, and for your praise? Lord, I thank you, and I love you, and I ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friends, I want to thank you for tuning in today. I want to just ask you to do this. If you are here and you prayed to receive Christ, if you asked Jesus to save you, would you please go to the website and, or just get on your email. Send me an email. Send me a message. If you're on Facebook, send me a message. Tell me that you prayed, a direct message. Uh, that You can do that to the church, whatever the case may be. I just want to hear from you. I want to make sure I get in your hands. I, there's a little booklet I wrote that'll that'll help you the first seven days of your spiritual journey. I want to send that to you. But I need to hear from you. And then church, listen to me, and I'm, and I'm done. Don't forget, our giving is an act of worship. Ministry is not stopping. So please, be faithful in your giving. If you need help with that, give us a call here at the church. We'll get back to you just as soon as possible. And we'll help you walk you through that. Maybe you need to mail in your giving. That's fine. You can do that too. That's not a problem. We want to be a blessing to you and help you in any way that we can. I love you, church. Be of good courage. Be of good cheer. Jesus is on the throne. And we'll see you next time. God bless. Have a great week. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah.